What's up? What's going on? Welcome in. Another edition of 10,000 Pitches. Thanks to our friends over at Stimulus Athletic. Episode 66. Jeremy Rushing here with you, as always, joined by Mr. Dominic Jose Bazonio. Dom, how you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic, Jeremy, and I'm very excited for our guest today. Yes, we will get to our guest in just a hot second. We got to give him the proper introduction he deserves. But first, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna leave you hanging on on this. We're gonna let you simmer on our guests. So, uh, but first, got to let you know that if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do. Let's you know when we drop a new episode. Also, we'll let you know when a new episode of Post Loons is in your feed as well. And then uh, if you could leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or an Apple device, that would be fantastic as well. You can also follow us on the socials. Twitter and Instagram are the main ones. We're also on Facebook too, at 10K Pitches. Without further ado, our special guest, he's back from, you're you're still in Madison, I think, Ethan Brandt. (laughs) Fresh Hello. Out, uh, well, fresh, fresh in to uh, the bar scene there in Madison. Ethan, how you doing? Hello. Um, I'm doing great. Um, it is great to be back. Um, yep, I am still in Madison. Uh, back here for school. Um, yeah, it is. It's great to be back. Still, still managing the vibes at 10K too. Even with all your, you know, how busy you are with school and and everything else you're doing. Still managing the vibes at 10K. We really appreciate that. That's right. The the vibes um, have been managed to the best of my ability. Um, you know, obviously, it's great having Dom here. Uh, you know, a lot, lot more vibes to be managed. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Well, we appreciate it, man. Uh, go follow us uh, each individually on Twitter as well. I'm at Jeremy G. Rushing. Ethan, you have like two twitter accounts so which one do you want them to follow if they could yeah i i don't i don't tweet much but uh it would be e underscore harmony six the number all right and then dominic jose bazonio at dj bazonio it's b-i-s-o-g-n-o right yep boom got it got it um jam packed show today we didn't think we were gonna be this packed but then uh stuff hit the fan just today on thursday actually uh, so we'll get to that in just a minute. But being that there's so much to get to and our uh, our esteemed guest is on a tight schedule this week because he's 21 and he can go to bars. So he's he's choosing to go do that, which, um, you know, we no. give him crap for it all, every week on the show. But honestly, at 21, I was doing the exact same thing on a Thursday night. So I can't I can't be mad. I, I I'm doing homework tonight. I got a got a big test. I got to gear up. For. Yeah, that's where I'm. Yeah, I'll so. bet. And you're doing homework on location, which is really exciting. That's yes. what I'm doing. Look yes. here, guys. The the listeners can't see it, but I just pulled out a piece of paper to prove I'm doing homework. Wow. There <laughs> so, you go. Here, wait, 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 wait. Did the, well, it's did clear the mic now. Get, did the mic yeah. get that? Absolutely. The mic did get that. Yeah. I don't know that, if it made it any more convincing. The listeners but now know what was on that piece of paper. So it was it was a piece yeah. of paper and which indicates a lot of hard a hard studying going on Absolutely. is what that uh, indicates. There you go. I'm I'm totally convinced, Ethan. Good job. Yeah. Uh, so. if you're ta- I, I gotta think you are you taking a, are you taking a law class? Because it's true. It's 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 uh it's working out for you. <laughs> I'm I'm not. Don't need the class. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> uh, obviously. Um. Fair enough. No. But yeah. 
All right, so let's get into this. We were going to do, we always do top four at the end, but being that Ethan is here for a very short time, we are actually going to do top four right off the bat this week. And uh, being that Ethan is the special guest, uh, we decided to let him choose the topic for top four. So Ethan, you want to let the people know what what top four we're, uh, we're picking from this week? Yeah, we are doing top four November things. So all things November. I want to preface this by saying I have four and I don't have any backups. So if somebody takes one of my four, I might be screwed. So I know, I know one of your four, Jeremy. I I know one of them and I wouldn't take it normally, but I would, I would take it just because I know you'd be out one. Okay. Well, I might go first then. I'm so confident. I know what one of yours is. But uh, but yeah, well, no, I'm gonna go first because I need this one in order to potentially get all my four in. I don't know if it's one overall, but I I think I know it. But uh, but yeah, November November is a great month that is sandwiched between I uh, probably two better months in October and December. So I think we're you know I'm happy to give November a little bit of shine that it deserves. Yeah, that's true. November is kind of like the the redheaded stepchild of of the winter months or the fall to winter months so yeah you just give it the credit it deserves you know exactly okay so i'm gonna go first we're picking our top four november things top four favorite things about november and ethan i know you know my number one so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go with it the fact that i don't have to rake any more damn leaps is number one you hear me complaining about raking leaves every single week on this podcast. By November, the leaves are gone. The trees are bare. I don't have to – actually, I still need to do a little bit more because they're in the yard, but there's no there's no more leaves falling from the trees. Thank God. October sucked for that. I'm so glad. So this is very, very – like recency bias is like is real here. This is very particular to me and very specific to me in my current situation. Being a homeowner – and having a crap ton of trees in my yard. But my favorite thing about this November specifically is that the raking is done for the most part. And I could not be happier. Overall, that's a weak number one. And not, I mean, I you know, it, it's like I said, it's really specific to me. No, I, there's not too many other people who can probably relate to that unless they have a crap ton of trees in their yard too. But for me, that's my personal number one. All right. I'm number two. Because that's the order we're in on my screen. Well, so, it's your number one. Number two overall, but your number oh, one. Oh, yeah. Number two overall. One over, no, yeah, my my one overall. Uh, for me, I am taking uh, sports. Uh, November is the so prime broad. time for pro sports. Okay. You know, you got football, basketball, baseball was technically playing into November. Soccer, obviously. Um there's a lot of sports, uh, pro mainly, but also, you know, lower level. And, uh, and yeah, that's why I'm taking number one. A lot of, a lot of big games, a lot of fun games. The NBA is kicking off. So you can be irrationally confident in your six and three Toronto Raptors that they're going all the way this year. Um, and, uh, so yeah, number one for me is just sports. Nice. I don't, know uh, how, I don't know how the Raptors are gonna are gonna win the whole thing when the Bulls are gonna win the whole thing, but you know, ooh. Ethan, that's neither here nor there. That's ooh. true. The bull the Bulls are looking nice this year, but uh, very a uh, little old Bulls Raptors Eastern Conference Finals. What we're all predicting, I'm sure. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's the running favorite right now. I hear. So Vegas has it mm-hmm, for <laughs> sure. All right, Dom, this with your number one. Uh, I'm gonna go with this. The, this technically started in uh, in October, but much like uh, baseball, as Ethan noted, it, it, it's trickling into November. I'm gonna go ahead and shout out the uh, salted caramel uh, pumpkin concrete mixer at at Culver's. I've been enjoying go. it. It's uh, I don't know if I'd had it before. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't have it before. But this year, I feel like I've noticed it differently in the past. I've been enjoying it. It literally tastes like pumpkin pie, and it's a miracle. And uh, it's it's just the best. So shout out to whoever invented that concoction. I guess it's fantastic. That's a great pick. The yeah that that might be one of the like the top and like most underrated pumpkin spice fall flavored uh like desserts available on the market right now it's top tier definitely easy all right jeremy all right my numero dos my number two this is like the biggest softball low-hanging branch ever but i'm gonna take it because nobody's taking it yet thanksgiving i love thanksgiving it's my one one of my favorite holidays i grew up with like 22 cousins growing up and we'd all get together for thanksgiving and maybe that i'm more like feeling this this year because we didn't get to have a traditional thanksgiving last year and so we're kind of back to somewhat normal thanksgiving this this year at least we plan to be coming up at the end of the month so pretty excited about it you always get football this year we're going to have an mls playoff game on thanksgiving day too which is a lot of fun um yeah sport and family what could be better you know so yeah thanksgiving nothing better um yeah that was on my list obviously that's that's a solid pick great great value at your number two overall um great value um thank you Appreciate but that. Uh, all about the value picks over here i'm the i'm the rick but if, if only i could trade my picks i'd be the rick spielman of the of the top four 10k pitches draft but that that joke went right over my head we can we can explain it later um he's the Vikings okay. gm he trades all draft picks Ah, uh, okay. Okay. There we go. I'm, I'm caught up, but all right. My number two overall is, um, uh, Christmas stuff showing up at target already. Um, I went into target the day after Thanksgiving and I mean the day after Halloween and already a ton of Christmas stuff. And I just love that. It's that time of year again, you know, the, the sleigh bells are ringing as they say. And, uh, and it is hard to beat the seasonal section at target and specifically the Christmas seasonal section. So I'm, I'm happy to see all that stuff already there. We're just kind of skipping over Thanksgiving as a whole, um, in the retail space anyways. And, uh, I, I just love that. The Grinches are being outed in a big way right now too. (laughs) The Grinches? Yeah, the Grinches. You know, the people who are like, oh, it's too early for Christmas music and Christmas stuff. Those people. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't like those people. They're coming out of the I, woodwork right now. It's like, let us just have our let us just let us just let us just hear those sleigh bells ring, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Let me play my Christmas music on November first, damn it. Let <laughs> let's play the Christmas music. Come on. If only we could. If only we didn't get sued by Apple or we Marvel could t- yeah. we could take we could take a strike. I don't think we have one. 
<laughs> felt like we got to save that for something really good. Uh, risk it all, Jared. Yeah, no, yeah, we got to save it for something better. All right, Dom, number two. Uh, this is a uh, one that re- only really applies to like me. The audience won't really feel anything about it. But uh, last November is when I got the job I have now. Uh, so that'll be this will be my my one year at that, and that's been a good time. And I was very happy to get it after uh, not having a job for a while after I graduated uh, college. So I'm uh, it's a nice little anniversary for me. So I'm gonna shout out that uh, as my second thing. Employment is good. Being employed is a good thing. It is. If you I haven't heard, can confirm. Guys, did I ever mention I have a job? I mean, I mean, no. your chief so, good vibes officer at 10K. Well, yes. Know, okay, so yeah, I, actually have a, I have a secondary job because, as you guys know, that doesn't always pay the bills. Um, so um, it almost does. It, it's, almost. It's it almost close. pays a bill. It, but yeah, you know, like, it's winter, the heater's on a little bit more, and you just yeah, need that little so, extra. So. So I on I'm on campus like parking guy, so I'm oh, that really? guy. Yeah, I'm that guy. Nice. nice. So nice. some days I'm in the office, but some days I'm out in the lot ruining people's days. <laughs> do you do the so, chalk marks on their tires or what? No. So like I have tickets. So I just walk around and like if you have a pass, I I write a ticket. Ah. I I got to tow a car the other day. That was pretty cool. Wait, you towed it or you called the tow truck? Yeah, I, Jeremy, I called someone that towed it. You no, picked I it up? It. Yeah, Jeremy, I hooked <laughs> it to the back of my Kia Forte, took it to a farm field and left it there, all right? That's um, perfect. That's perfect. That's how towing that's exactly works. What I was picturing. That's how towing works. But no, no. So so that that's part of what keeps me busy as well and why, along with soccer and school, I haven't been on the pod is because I'm a working man who working does busy. work. Absolutely. Welcome to adulthood, as we say. Working and working and drinking. <laughs> Jeremy, to I, adulthood. I, I have not brought up the drinking. You you're making He's doing homework, Jeremy. I'm doing homework, working and homework, Jeremy. Okay. Jeez. Sounds good. Sounds Jeez, good. man. My mom listened to this. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh mama. man. Okay. Anyways, Jeremy, you're up. You're of age. It's fine. Yeah, no, uh, she knows. She knows. She knows what I. She knows. Anyway, Jeremy, you're all up. right. Uh, my third one, and this is maybe a little obscure, but it's one of the things I enjoy about November. It's like the good part of winter. It's not 55 below zero for two weeks straight. If it snows, it's like, oh, that's cool. There's snow. You know, it's it's that enjoyable part of winter where you're actually kind of winter is a little bit welcome in November. It's not super cold. You're maybe maybe you got to start your car a little bit, but you don't got to do too much scraping yet in November. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like the good part of winter before we get to like December and January and February where it just sucks. That that's a great pick. Um, I don't know about you guys, but like I've grown up in the Midwest, obviously, and I've been driving a car for I don't know like seven years now. And in my head, I can never process that I need to allot time to like start my car to get the oh, it sneaks get, up on you, get the stuff sure. off. So no matter what, I'm 
no matter what, I'm going to be driving with frost on my windshield and like seeing through like a small crack right above the Mm -hmm. steering wheel where the vent hits. And I'm five minutes late at that point. And your fingers are numb because you've tried to scrape and it's not working. Without fail, every winter, the whole winter, like we'll be deep into February and I'm walk out and be, oh man, my car, like, I don't know. I also feel like that's like my cue or like, oh, I lost my gloves from last winter. I need to go buy new ones. Yeah, Always, that's without fail. Or how how you know it's a good feeling when you get like the scrape a new scrapey stick that and that's like has like an extender maybe or it has like oh, yeah. foam handles and like you know mm-hmm. like getting a new one that that's always a great feeling. It's always clutch. you know I, yeah. I love that like the old ones whatever but that new one you know that's like eight feet long for some reason the best <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of satisfaction that comes with that for sure. Yeah, I love I love that. But anyways, moving on. Third overall for me, um, I am gonna take uh, since Thanksgiving is off the board. I'm gonna take Thanksgiving themed episodes of like just any shows or movies for that matter too. Mm-hmm. Really, just Thanksgiving uh, popular media is. Yeah. Uh, is always always hits like friends specifically i love great thanksgiving episode great thanksgiving episode the friends ones are great the family i I know like family guys hit or miss but i like family guy and the family guy thanksgiving ones are hilarious um i don't know if you guys remember the movie tower heist ridiculous movie not that good set on thanksgiving that's a good watch um Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is a great Thanksgiving movie if you haven't seen uh, it. I haven't seen it. And, like, I can't quantify this beyond – or, like, I can't quantify this at all. But Harry Potter is Thanksgiving movies, and those are great Thanksgiving movies. It's true. They do always, like – I mean, it's like they always – I don't know. It's like a whole – it's like a school year in every every movie. So it's – or book. I'm like – hammered from people book slash movies so like we're, talk, we're, holiday, we're talking the, like. It, we're talking the movies that's not that's, we're talking <laughs> the movies. um <laughs> trying to cover my bases here even but uh i don't know i maybe it's because like abc family would always run yeah. like the the harry potter you know weekend on thanksgiving or around thanksgiving right but yeah and they always have like a christmas portion of each that they, they don't normally they don't christmas. celebrate thanksgiving because they're british but but they have like a Christmas. That's another reason that makes like this whole thing ridiculous. <laughs> Harry Potter is Thanksgiving content. And like, I just, and like, I'll never be able to process that any other way, but really all Thanksgiving content, like, like we mentioned friends, family guy, tower heist. Uh, they're all good. <laughs> tower heist, family classic. Well-known classic tower heist. Absolutely. All right, Dom, you're up. All right. Um, I guess I'll, I'll kind of try to get my holiday pit out of the ones that have already been picked with, uh, I think this still takes place during November. I don't think it's December yet, when, but uh, Cyber Monday. Uh, that, that's still I think it November depends day. on the year, but I think it's like the 20th. The most part, it's still November. Or, yeah. yeah most oh, we'll we'll November. say November. Um, I, I've never really taken part in Black Friday, like ever. Um, mostly because of uh, being scared for my life. 
but uh, Cyber Monday is a, a cool addition to that. Obviously, it's a little less physically dangerous, and and it just you know allows different ways to get deals. And it's uh, I, I don't like get a bunch of stuff every Cyber Monday, but it's just nice to be able to take advantage of that. Um, and it's nice that like local places try to kind of take part too, not just like big uh, websites. So yeah, it's a it's a nice little uh, way to get rid of your Christmas shopping and whatnot. So I enjoy it. I I love hopping on bestbuy.com on Cyber Monday and just like looking at an 82-inch uh you know 10K Samsung curved TV <laughs> with 3D capabilities that's like $300 off to bring the grand total down to like $9,599 yeah. being like I don't know that's that's a pretty good deal. And there's always um, something that's like only four left. Only yeah, four only- left. Or, or like, yeah, looking at like a Bose surround sound, like, you know, $8,000 stereo system and just like. But it's $200 I, off. Yeah, it's like, well, I could use that, I suppose. <laughs> like, like. It's a solid minute where you really think about whether you should just get it. Yeah, you're you, know, you like, don't have the money, I, but you're going to try. Do I sell my car for this? Uh, <laughs> like, like, I really want to watch Ice Age 2 with surround sound. <laughs> like, um. Yeah, no. Uh I but yeah, Cyber Monday rocks. Um I I would I I like Black Friday too. I I like getting in there throwing some elbows. Oh, for sure. I love that. Like It's like, "Oh, you're you 40-year-old lady trying to take this candle <laughs> from me." Like, "Sorry, no. I'm getting the last like lavender mocha." So like, you got to keep looking. <laughs> I love that. Uh, but uh Yeah. But yeah, Cyber Monday is a great pick. Definitely a lot less dangerous. Yeah. All right. All right. Jeremy, last my, my fourth and final one. Another one that's super specific to me, but I don't care. Sunday chili. Once Ooh. the winter hits, that's when you just fire up the crock pot and you make that chili on Sunday because it's super easy. It's warm. You know, watch it while you're or watch it. Eat it while you're watching football. I love Sunday chili. It's like my I look forward to it all week long. Great pick. Are you just a chili guy? Or do you venture into other soups or maybe chowders? I, you know, I'll sometimes I'll do like the grilled cheese and tomato soup. Oh, okay. But All like, right. I don't know if I always equate soup with like being sick. So yeah. oh, I don't course. really get into like soups too much outside of chili and sometimes the grilled cheese and, and tomato. I uh, uh, yeah, baked potato soup is another one I'll mess with. Every oh, I love, I love potato soup. Love potato soup. Um, in uh, speaking of soup, in my time away from the pod, I uh, I went to Oregon because uh, I have family there, and I had clam chowder. Uh, I was gonna say soup, but it's chowder. It's in the name. So uh, good, and it was all right. I'm not like a big seafood guy, and I'm not a big no. soup guy, but like I ate it, and I was like, "This is all right. This is okay." <laughs> and uh, I didn't like clam chowder until I went to uh, Massachusetts. Uh, had some chowder and uh it was oh, like gross. it was like one of those where like the clams were like in the ocean like earlier that day yeah. <laughs> you know like and it was just oh so fresh it was so good it was like well it's like the, like the key to that though it's gotta be like well seasoned because like mm-hmm. clams in itself don't have like an inherent flavor at all right, right. so Rough it's gotta flavor. be i don't know it was like it was perfect i loved it so that got me into to chowder and again i don't i don't eat it all that much but i'll partake every now and then so like chowders are clam chowder specifically 
is like very relevant on like each coast mm-hmm. like what soup do we have here in the middle is it is it chili chili potato yeah. soup is probably that's a yeah. popular okay. one or um, how about how about a hot dish like i don't well, really yeah, like they're yeah, eating yeah, but it, it's kind like it's like a weird it's like a weird conglomerate. Like a, of a bunch like, of consider it more of a casserole than a soup. Well, are they eating casseroles out on the coast? We like, or is that us? You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know, Jeremy. Something to think yeah. about. Um, okay. Anyways, that, that 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 that's a big that's a big part of growing up in the Midwest is having no concept of what life is like outside the Midwest. Um, <laughs> so true. Like, just like same same with accents like you know what i mean you hear someone do a british accent that's like fairly average to below average but if you're from the midwest you're like oh that's pretty good like the, the only vacation you take is to like orlando and it's just all tourists you again oh, yeah, don't get a concept of what life yeah, is actually yeah. like yeah oh like especially like regional travel distances like sometimes people be like oh yeah like like I don't know, Louisville's only a couple hours away from Nashville. And I'm like, you are lying to me. It's a six day drive. But it's like, yeah, no, it's like four hours. It's like, yeah, that's four it's four hours. You're like, what? what? Um But yeah. Mid I don't know. Being in the Midwest. Anyways. Um Okay, my fourth and final pick is uh the Macy's Day Parade. I was gonna pick this. I just, I just love the various, like, basically outdated, like, references to pop culture. Like watching Snoopy zip by, and you're just like, I'm, I've never seen Snoopy, but man, I recognize it from when I saw it last year here, and and just, and just that. I just, I they always it. have to reference like a Nickelodeon show from the '90s. Like you have like Chucky from Rugrats just randomly there it's like nobody knows who he is yeah you, you got like people didn't even like him when he was popular but then they like quickly follow it up people they follow up with like spongebob in the back and then like yeah there's always and then up. what's his face reads like hey, and check out you know spongebob bikini bottom adventures in theaters this december <laughs> it's like ah like okay they paid a lot of money for that all right um you can always tell what companies paid to like get re- it read versus just shown. Yeah, it's like an ad read, basically. Yeah, I, I I love that. But then you get some cool bands in there. You get like like the marching band from like like Tacoma, and they just like do some like crazy thing. And they got some dancers and like fire stick people. That's always really cool. Um, and they're like high school, so it's like that's cool as well. Um. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like definitely the best parade because parades, I think, kind of suck. Yeah, I mean, lo- local parades are cool, but like as far as like oh. parades that you'll watch, like nobody watches like the Parade of Roses for like New Year's yeah. or like the, or the, the Rose yeah. Parade, Parade of Roses, I don't know, whatever. Like nobody watches that. I'm sure there's some other parades that I'm missing, but yeah, the Macy's one is one that is, like everybody has it on in the background while they're like cooking food for Thanksgiving. So before flipping on the Friends fam- season seven, uh, <laughs> thanksgiving episode um which is which is like now inconveniently on peacock so no one's gonna be able to watch it this year <laughs> mm-hmm. um and i actually know it's hbo max but um uh. i also i think like 
Have you guys seen the the Squidward future video? You guys know what I'm talking about from like the no Squidward at the parade. Okay. Uh, uh, okay, Dominic, while you're giving your pick, I'll find the video and send it to you guys. Maybe okay. I'll tweet it too. It's all right. It, it lives yeah, rent- tweet without it's, comment. It's been live, living rent free in my head since my <laughs> freshman year in high school, and I think about it weekly. Okay, I'll say. It uh, all right. Uh, I'll I'll bring us back around to to sports, I guess, in terms of my my fourth pick. Uh, it's kind of connects to I think it was Ethan's like second. He brought up it's a good month for sports. So my, my fourth will be just the what I think is like the most strangely irrelevant sports tradition in, in this country, which is that the Detroit Lions play on Thanksgiving every year. So um, only because it's such it's like a staple of the NFL. This always happens. Obviously, Thanksgiving, everyone's at home. They watch. It's a very watched game every year. But it's the staple game that involves possibly the most irrelevant team in the entire league. And uh, like, that's just fascinating to me. It's fa- it, do they like? I wonder if they do they like. There's going to be some like New York Times article in like the four or five years to be like some like scheme that like the Lions are paying to have their games on Thanksgiving Day. Like Roger Goodell's right. just like pocketing money from the Lions. That's part of it too. Is the Lions never make national TV, like no, unless they're never. playing maybe like the Packers, maybe like it's well they, it's ha- not they like... have to be on contractually they have to be on Monday Night Football once a year. But aside yeah, from yeah, that, yeah. Thanksgiving is always like they're except for that one year that they had Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson and they were like made the playoffs and they were actually decent. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, you're absolutely my right. entire life has been obviously the Vikings haven't always been great, but they've always been kind of like the second team to the Packers since the Bears kind of dropped off in like the 90s. So like and it's my whole life has just been like that. And then the Bears are sometimes okay, and then the Lions mm-hmm. are just like in the corner crying. And it's just fascinating to me that they have this huge game to themselves every year forever. And it's always like, who are the Lions getting their asses kicked by this time? Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. So that's my pick. Maybe it's it's just one of those comfort things, you know? It's tradition. It's like you, you can just always can't... count on it. Yeah, you can always count on it. You know, every year. But by it's the true. way, guys, I sent you the video. Okay. If I, I think, turned on a, a noon Thanksgiving game and it was like, you know, the, the Chargers and the Seahawks, I'd be like, what the heck is going on? Like, <laughs> right, it's, it's not very Thanksgiving. Is, like, is it Thanksgiving? What's going on? No, there's a terrible game on tonight. Oh, yeah. It's the Colts and the Jets. Oh, boy. Right now. They're Colts lead Jets 21 to 10. Like, what a terrible Thursday yeah, night the Jets game. Jets are terrible. I feel, actually, I feel bad for Jets fans, to be honest. They're, they're so terrible. But, okay, guys, I think you should. I, I, watched, your... I watched what you sent, by the way. You, okay, you guys should mute your mics, watch okay. it with audio. Okay. okay. And then um, tell me if I can tweet that because I think. With no context, we're just firing that link off just to the people. Did you tweet it or did you DM it? I DM'd it to you guys. It's in a, it's in the group DM. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm watching it. You're going you're to be able to hear it through the microphone, but that's okay. Squidward Dab Future Remix. What? <laughs> oh my god! I've never so you seen should, that before so you should in my life. That. You should tweet I did, that. I think that's just the best piece of parade content we've ever gotten. Was just the 
That's the pee. Uh, oh, I just love. I don't know if that happened at the Macy's Day Parade, but I choose to believe that happened at the Macy's Day Parade. For the rest of time, we will just. It is decided that it happened on Thanksgiving Day. So Absolutely. I can rip that in, for, into the 10K Twitter, right? Like we're. we're I'm okay we're, with it. We're tweeting that one. Go ahead. Okay, I'm gonna quote tweet our uh, the other tweet I did, <laughs> and just paste the link. Yeah, retweet. Do not add context. Really, honestly, it affirms the original tweet. So you're yeah, no, no context needed. We're just ripping tweets. Future. We're we're back. We 10K's back (laughs) all the way back. We 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 went full (laughs) circle. I step away from for like I don't even know three months, and all of a sudden we're we're tweeting this kind of stuff. Right back. We're back, guys. Let's go. It's like riding a bike. It's just like riding a bike. Yeah, like we never left. Back. Let's go. All right, that All right. that wraps it up, guys, for the draft, though. I think, or the top four, rather, and I think this was a good one. I yeah. think so too. I like it. I like it a lot. All righty, we'll try to have you on more moving forward for this great content that we've come to expect. That's right. From you great content, so. but All yeah, right. no. Um, like I said, it uh, it was great to it was great to be back. Um, you know, Jeremy, congrats on finishing Talking Flock year one uh, yeah. and almost post Loon's year one's almost in the books. Um, it, uh, we've had an exciting run of content, even without me uh, in the mix as much. And uh, it's been fun to, uh, to, you know, be back here now. And It's good for, to have you back, bud. For season two, are we calling this like post hiatus 10K season two? Or no, or were we not doing that? Have we you could done just randomly up- like we could just randomly call whatever episode we want, like the season two premiere of, <laughs> of ten thousand pitches. Just, just hey, season two, even though nothing's oh. really different. I don't know. Okay, let yeah, we'll see kind of how like the future the the future video does, how this top four does, <laughs> and maybe we're season two is just us just ranking things, you know? Like I know a lot of other it. people do that. But we got we got a unique take. We got a unique take, so we could we could give that like a try. It. There you um, go. All anyways, right. Ethan, have fun at the bars, bud. Don't drink too much. Jeremy, Jeremy, I'm studying. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, on that assignment. I'm studying. What? Wait, yeah. one more time. One more time. <laughs> That's yeah. paper getting tossed around because I'm studying. A By the way, I did, I did so well on this lab. I got a sticker. Hey. That's right. That's hey. right. You call having a big brain. Uh, mm. You gotta, you gotta give kid, you gotta give college kids stickers these days. I know. Uh, I know. No. Honestly, back think, in my day, I think it's super. Back weird. in my day, like, what is this doing here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like I'm 22 years old, and you put a pumpkin sticker on my lab. Like, what are you doing? Like, like I, I don't know, but um. Okay, I thought you're gonna, it was get, weird. You're, gonna get a, you're gonna get a sucker taped to your next one. You're gonna get like a go. lollipop tape, taped to your next lap. She did bring in candy the other day, like Halloween oh, candy. That I wasn't mad at. I mean, like it, it was nine thirty in the morning, and you were giving us candy. But like, I guess I'll take it. <laughs> like, like it felt weird, but I was like, sure, I guess I'll eat this Snickers at nine thirty in the morning. Thanks. Um, but yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah, a lot of soccer content from Ethan. Glad to be back. Um, <laughs> hey, you know what? You got to mix it up. You got to right. mix it up. Yeah, Love no, it. no right. updates on like 
college soccer, like how the NPSL season finished. None of that. We're, we're, that's not why I'm here. We're here, no. we're here to rank November. Irrelevant. Stuff. Yeah. Dom and I got that covered. Don't worry. Yeah. That, all, all that garbage. You guys can talk <laughs> about that. Um, there you go. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Right, but uh, bye. yeah, see you guys. See Good you luck on the rest of the pod. Thank Appreciate you. it. Ethan Brad, Chief Good Vibes Officer at 10K. Absolutely. Oh, man. What a guy. The man, the myth, the legend. Just S-tier content. Yes, seriously. Seriously. A-plus, as always. Okay, Dom, shall we actually get into talking some soccer here? Yeah, now we have to do a whole other thing about uh, the sport of soccer, so that's going to be interesting. Um, Yeah, and you know, we kind of got to bring the vibe down a little bit, to be honest. A little bit. I have to say, the vibes came in pretty hot. Like yes, I was they came in hot. Not and right. they'll I don't know, we'll, we'll we'll keep the vibes in a I guess in, a, in an informational way. Can you keep informational vibes? Is that a thing? Or am I just making that I up? I think anything's possible with with vibes, but I, I I'm not familiar True. with informational vibes though. Okay, well we'll we'll give it a try. Yeah, we'll um see. yeah, so I guess our uh our A topic here is something we did not expect, either yeah. of us, I don't think. Uh just broke today on Thursday as we're recording here. Uh, Carl Craig out as manager of Ford Madison team just announced it today after an eight, eight and 12 first season at the helm. I mean, not exactly what the Mingos wanted. I, you know, obviously in terms of um, where they stood in the table, they finished ninth, but I thought for sure Carl would get uh, another, another season. There were some injury issues. Um, yeah, there were a couple matches where some late calls didn't go their way, some questionable late calls didn't go their way. You know, not not excuses by any means, but I thought he would get at least a, the start of another season to try to turn it around, but the team decided to go in another direction. Yeah, you know, it's a funny one. Um, and it's it's strange too. You mentioned how we didn't see it coming. I literally I, I caught up and listened to the uh, the most recent talking flocking episode this morning uh, during work. Uh, and uh, I finished that. I sent you a message about how, oh, that was a good episode, good interview. You sent, you know, you said, oh yeah, it was a good interview. And then I literally like exited the messaging part of Twitter back to the timeline, and boom, he <laughs> released. So um, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting one, and and I think my not concern, but my 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 question, my my thought to explore is just, you know, he talked a lot in, in that episode of Talking Flocking, which I suggest everyone listen to, just about, you know, how he was kind of trying to get a get a system, get a mindset going with the team this season, how he felt that, you know, in, in ways that was one of the challenges, but also one of the benefits of the year. And just he was kind of updating on the progress of all that. He seemed pretty optimistic about it. And um and like you said, you know, the season didn't go well per se, but at the same time, the margin by which it didn't go well was pretty thin. Um, mm-hmm. Overall, you're like, what, four points off the playoffs? Like, it wasn't a horrible year. It wasn't a catastrophe. Yeah. So it it does feel a little strange of like, well, if you get rid of him, then what becomes of that project? And what does that, does it end up being worth that time and effort that was put, you know, and a lot of that would be decided by like who replaces him. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's it's a little bit strange. It's a little bit strange to to have him have that whole year to get that going and then not have a chance to actually do the most important part, which is uh, take advantage of it the second year once things are more ingrained. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting off season for them. 
and uh, hopefully an interesting, capable person takes that position. But it's uh, unfortunate because it seemed like there was some good things brewing in the future for for him at that team. Yeah, and just looking at it from a broader perspective too. I mean, this is going to be this team's third manager in three years. Right. You know, there's I think there's something to be said, and, and we hear this all the time in in American football and and specifically soccer too. People say that about Spurs. People say it about you know Barcelona recently. Like, there's something to be said for continuity, right? Yeah, the yeah. results might not be what you want or what you're hoping, like right off the bat. But I guess you can go two directions. You can either, you know, cut the cord and start anew again, or you can give it time to develop and move forward. Yeah. Um, in their press release, actually, I don't know if it was a press release or if they had, uh, if Madison 365 actually got an exclusive interview with Connor Kaloya. I'm not sure which one it was. But the Connor Kaloya, the COO of Four Madison, was quoted as saying that the decision they made basically was based, and I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, but the decision they made was based off of a lot of different factors, including some like postseason, you know, interviews that they did with the players, you know, staff, even supporters about where they thought the the team was headed in the direction they thought the team mm-hmm. was headed. Um, and that's again, not trying to jump to any conclusions, but I also, I think it does speak to that. This decision was not just made off the cuff spur of the moment, sort of knee jerk. It does seem knee jerk, but it does seem like it was made with, with some actual, um, uh, you know, that they, they did some due diligence before they made the decision in terms of getting the gauge of, of everyone and every aspect of the organization before actually making such a tough decision. Cause I'm sure it was a tough decision. Uh, Carl is a very well-liked guy, not only in the Madison community, but in upper Midwestern soccer as a whole. Right. I mean, he's a legend here in Minnesota. Um, and so I'm sure it was not an easy decision and it was made, after you know doing some digging and and talking to some people but at the same time i i thought that at certain points this season actually for the most part on the field this season this team looked played really well now the goals didn't come as much as we thought they would the results obviously weren't there 12 draws absolutely killed you it wasn't the losses eight losses over the course of the season is not bad but it was the 12 draws that absolutely did you in when it comes to the playoff picture if you can turn a third of those into wins that's eight more points and you make the playoffs comfortably but i mean it was one one draw after one one draw after two one loss after one nil loss one one draw one nil win you know this team only scored more than two goals once this season and this is a team coming in that we thought based on carl craig's style and the the way he likes to play would be a team that would have to outscore people that would try to outscore other teams. Uh, that would be running up some four, three, three, two, four, two score lines for better or worse. That didn't happen. And so I also wonder if that played into the decision too, that maybe the style just didn't necessarily fit the mm-hmm. horses they had on the field. But yeah. all that to say, I was surprised, but it is at least a little bit reassuring knowing that it wasn't necessarily a knee jerk decision that they did that after doing some, you know, some talking and some, um, I guess, trying to gauge the temperature of every aspect of the organization and the community too. They said talk to the supporters, which I think is also a big part of it too. Mm. 
One thing that just popped in my head from earlier today that just another note is, you know, um, the social media reaction to the news was, you know, kind of mixed. There were people that were kind of upset and people that were um, happy and, and so on and so forth. And there were, there were some people, um, including people I talked to, but other people that were kind of saying like, well, you know, didn't go well this year for him here and didn't it didn't go as well as would have been liked when he was um the, the year the full year he was at uh, minnesota united and so maybe it was you know blah blah, blah. and I, I do want to put context on you know he the the so at the nasl was a split season it was two technically two seasons of fall and spring but then a combined standings mm-hmm. for playoffs that year he missed a, he finished fifth missed the playoffs by six points this year ninth but missed by four points um both in his first years at those two teams albeit he was a, a assistant before um, leading Minnesota United but um that's pretty good I mean that's especially in, in U.S. sports where you have that playoff system that's essentially what you would expect from a first-year coach as you get close mm-hmm. to the playoffs so you know I, I I don't know what his plans are but uh I if he ends up trying to get back into um professional coaching obviously he kind of took a uh, or not back into professional coaching but back into professional sports coaching and professional sports mm-hmm. Obviously, he took a bit of a hiatus between when he took the master job and was at Minnesota United. Uh, I, I hope he gets another chance and, and gets more time with it because I'm sure year two of Carl Craig is good. We just haven't really had a chance to see it. Obviously, he yeah. got elected with Minnesota United going to MLS, and he was realistically never going to keep that position. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm sure that would be an exciting thing to see. We just keep not getting to see it. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and so- To one of the points that you made, Don, there's so many different lenses to look at this through, right? Like, yes, this team finished ninth, this team, you know, second from the bottom, you know, you can look at the, the squad that they had on the field and the potential of the guys that they had, you know, the Aaron boys, the Eric Leonard's, the Derek Gebhards at all, you know, that this is a really well put together team. So you can look at it through that lens, or you can look at it through the lens of he's taking, he took over a team that finished 10th last year. They finished ninth this year, actually improved their their standing, right? Can't necessarily, I guess, compare the seasons fairly because it was an abbreviated COVID season last year. Um, a lot of different things happening in terms of travel restrictions and things like that. Um, so this year was at least relatively more traditional. But at the same time, you're still improving upon the team that you had last year. Um, and I do think from my objective standpoint on this, I do think he deserved at least the opportunity to give it a go in year two now if you want to have him give it a go in year two and you know put a short leash on him maybe if you want to give him the full year two to try to turn it around or something there but i I don't know i just don't know if one year was was long enough but it's the direction they're going in they have high expectations in terms of being a perennial usl league one playoff team and bringing a league one championship to madison and all that stuff so when you take over a team with those high um, expectations, those high aspirations, that kind of high bar, it doesn't matter if you pr- improved their standing in one spot. If you're expected to go to the playoffs and you don't go to the playoffs, that could be it. I mean, that's how professional sports work, especially soccer. We see it in European soccer all the time. A coach that is a legendary coach with the club and has all this silverware and has done so many things. If he has a rough couple months, he could be out. You know, and so I'm starting to think that we're starting to get into that, maybe not fully to that level, definitely not fully to that level, but that sort of mindset 
starting to, I think, to creep its way in here to American soccer. And maybe Carl Craig is a casualty of that. But either way, now you have a coaching search and now Ford Madison is going to have their third coach in three years. And who knows who they're going to bring on. Uh, I, I have no idea who the candidates might be if they're looking to promote from within or bring somebody, you know, maybe they can call up tab Ramos who just got uh, let go by Houston dynamo. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but uh, it'll be interesting to see how this coaching search goes and some of the names that pop up. Yeah, I definitely think, um, I mean, I'm going to say this realistically, even if it doesn't go super well, it won't be the end of the world. But um, I, I do think given the, as you mentioned, three coaches, three years, and obviously this was his first year and then to have, have it end on this note is, isn't ideal. I do think uh, they probably need to really get it right with this one. They, they you know, in, in terms of getting someone that they, they, they can have assurances, this is going to go well, team's going to do better, significantly better in terms of table position. We, you know, this guy's going to gel with the squad, et cetera. Uh, I do think that if you, if this doesn't go well, if it's another one year out of playoffs, guy leaves at the end, then that starts to create a bad uh, vibe. <laughs> it starts yeah, to create a, a, a yeah, 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 only good vibes. Um, so I, I do think it's pretty important that they get this right, uh, just just for for a team that's so about culture and so on and and i love them for it you know they they're, it's great but uh okay but then make sure that this part of the culture is how you want it to be because clearly it hasn't been yeah so we saw you know the, the the flock end the the supporters of ford madison this season they were there in full voice banging the drums singing as loud as they could all season long but we yeah. saw the community support in terms of the general soccer casual soccer fans or maybe just the people in the community that enjoy the team but aren't necessarily invested as supporters um we saw those numbers dwindle by the end of the season i think there were just over just maybe over a thousand for that last home game against chattanooga and you're talking about early in the, or um you know 2019 and early in this season talking about five thousand people at Bree stevens so that's a huge decrease and so to that point dom there's a lot of pressure on this coaching search they, you're absolutely right. They need to get this right because if it becomes another revolving door and we have another super disappointing year where this team finishes eighth, ninth, tenth in the table, I think you'll start seeing that support dwindle even more. And when you lose the culture, when you lose the support, it's it's almost impossible to get it back. And when you make that your identity, like Ford Madison has, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot at stake there. I mean, yep. you can have all the great kits and all the great, all the bells and whistles. Rob Chapel, actually, I can't, I can't credit myself for this. What I'm about to say, Rob said it on one of our previous episodes of Talking Flock earlier in the season, but he's right. You can have all the bells and whistles. You can have the kits. You can have the cool branding. You can have all that stuff. But if you don't win on the field, none of that matters. Yeah. None of that matters. You have to back it up with performance. You don't have to be in the USL League One Championship every season. But you have to be competitive. You have to be in the playoffs. You have to be at least you know, giving your supporters and your fans and the people in your community something to come out and cheer for and look forward to. And if you're at the bottom of the table per, 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 perpetually, um, that is um, you're going to lose that support at some point. Yeah. Yep. 
So either way, it'll be interesting. Um, makes our conversation with Carl Craig, Rob Chaplin, has conversation a lot more interesting. Yeah. We just talked to him Monday. Um, and so you can go check that out um, over wherever you get your podcast. Just search Talking Flock. Um, really, really good episode. Actually, by far our most listened to episode. So I'm glad if you've checked that out. Thank you so much. If you haven't, I highly recommend you do so if you're interested in Ford and Madison. All right, moving on. We've uh, talked about Minnesota United as you know the place that Carl Craig previously coached at before joining the Mingos. Um, and they have a, uh, well, they got a big win over Sporting Kansas City at home over the weekend on Sunday on Halloween, which puts them in the driver's seat for a playoff spot. And they were helped a lot this week by a lot of results going their way. Um, so that means that for Sunday season finale against the galaxy, all the loons have to do is, is draw. If they draw, they're in, if they win, obviously they're in. Um, and if they lose based off some of those results that have happened, there's still actually a decent chance that they could get into the playoffs if they lose, but it becomes a lot more murky at that point. So again, you need it to draw, um, win would be great. Um, cause that would actually solidify the five spot. If you're Minnesota United, if you get three points, um, so seating in that area is still big too, but obviously the main thing is getting into the playoffs and based off Minnesota United's win over SKC and the way some of the other results around the league have gone, I think 538 has them as an 84% uh, probability of making the playoffs, which is pretty good, but you got to take care of business on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, we've, we've been talking about this, uh, pretty much every episode, the last couple that. You know, this team needs to just continue to be able to lock in and do the job, regardless of the noise, uh, good or bad noise. Uh, and at times this year, they've done that, and at times they haven't. Uh, and unfortunately, they haven't done it on occasion against teams that they really needed to do it against. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but at the same time, given what, what we've talked about before about the strengths and weaknesses, maybe going going out to the Galaxy for a big game almost feels perfect. Um in the sense that it's kind of the kind of occasion you would think that players would be, want to step up for. Uh, and, and uh, you know, we, uh, Minnesota United, beat them at home previously this season. And Galaxy have had a good year, but not necessarily a great year. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm optimistic to see what the, what the team will be bringing in this game. Uh, it, it would have been ideal to, to not have had to wait to this point. But as you mentioned, we... You know, quite lucky, to be honest, in terms of some of RSL's results, um, LAFC's results. So, mm -hmm. you know, the cards last minute have kind of started to go their way. And, and hopefully uh, the team is able to just take advantage of that and get the job done. And, you know, yeah, like you said, the pressure is a little bit off in the sense they don't have to win, uh, draw, and even lose in theory and still make it. So I, I definitely feel more confidence that they're going to make the playoffs. What comes after that is still kind of a big question mark, but yeah, uh, we'll see. Yeah, I echo those sentiments. I mean, um, one of the things that's working against you against the Galaxy is you're going to be missing Ozzy Alonso. He uh, is suspended due to yellow card accumulation. Um, as more things go Minnesota United's way, though, that loss maybe feels less and less uh, impactful, you know, less and less, um, uh, you know, in terms of hurting your ability to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, 
And also, I said this on on post loons. I think if you're going to be missing somebody as good as Ozzy Alonso has been, and as crucial as he is, and I don't, I do not want to say this in in a way that diminishes his value to this team, because honestly, what he has brought to Minnesota United over the last three years, I can't even put it into words. But I I like Hassani Dotson as that backup option. I think the Dotson and Trap defensive midfield combo has been really good this year. Um. Ozzy and, and Trap have sort of found their footing over the last few games. And I, I think that is kind of your your ideal one. But Dotson and Trap are a proven defensive midfield combo. And so I do feel confident with that going into the Galaxy game. Whereas if you were missing another spot, right? If Robin Lud was out, if uh, you know, um Bakai Debasi was missing time, you know, something like that, one of those, then it'd be a little bit more alarming. But to me, this is where Hassani Dotson shines. I mean, the, the defensive midfield is his bread and butter. I think he's shown that over the course of his career. So um, I'm, I'm a little bit more comfortable, you know, calling upon him than maybe somebody else in the scenario. Yeah, for sure. It, it's definitely one of the positions where it feels less dire to not have a player. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, you know, one could argue even that Dotson trap is, you know some people's preference to start there so i've been saying uh, that was mine yeah, all season yeah. long, to be honest. So, so you know in that sense it's almost like a weird thing where we were almost playing the deaf player instead of the you know mm-hmm. but um yeah and, and and look you know to be perfectly frank a player like like ozzy who i have great respect for obviously is a, a sort of a, a legend within mls that is the kind of player that you uh some people, I, I don't think, like to think of players this way, but that's a player you have to plan to not always be able to have because of this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I say that with I say that with affection because there's a lot of uh, classic uh, Venezuelan midfielders who play very scrappy football that are like this. But uh, mm-hmm. he's that kind of player, you know, you just kind of have to know that sometimes you're going to not be able to play him because of For part sure. accumulation or whatever. Um, in addition to rotation and, and, and so on. But uh, so, you know, this was probably coming at some point. I'm pretty confident. Yeah, Dotson is so talented. He can play so many positions. But like you said, this is probably the one he's really meant to play. And uh, I, you know, there there is, speaking of good vibes earlier, uh, there is the potential for like a Dotson screamer to win the game that feels very apropos. <laughs> That would be, so, I, I would love that bangers only. We might have to bring yeah. back the t-shirt if that happens. So uh, who knows? Yeah I, yeah, I I agree with you. I do think, because I am one of those, one of those guys who's been kind of beating the drum for Dotson and Trap to kind of be the everyday uh, combo in the defensive midfield. But I do think Ozzy Alonso has played himself into that starting spot. And yeah. um, I think he fully deserves that. And I think it's, it's fitting seeing that if, Minnesota United, if Minnesota United are able to get the job done um, and punch their ticket, this is Ozzy Alonso's 14th season in MLS. This would be his 14th playoff appearance. He has made the playoffs in every single one of his seasons. That's incredible. Yeah. And so if for, for nothing else to have that happen, and also there was kind of this uh, running, I want to call it an assumption, but this running thought that prevailing thought that okay this is Ozzy's last year let's send him out on a high note right right but I think this run of form over the the latter portion of the season has really showed that maybe he has some left in the tank for at least another year 
Um, whether that's with Minnesota or not, I'm, I, again, I'm not aware of his, uh, I, I don't know his contract situation off the top of my head. I don't have it up in front of me. And MLS is always very hush hush about these contract details and stuff. So it's, uh, it's a little weird that way. Um, so I don't, and, and if you're listening, you may have an idea what his contract status is, but um, I do think that he's sort of played himself into a position where if he wants to come back for another year, like he, I don't think anybody's going to going to think twice about it i mean he's he's showed he's got the quality for sure i mean and you know even recently getting the equalizer right so mm-hmm. having having good moments and yeah look obviously his age is a little higher than people think of but globally that's really changing the expectations for the ages of players and obviously mls that age range does tend to to be a little older um, I, I think he, I, I think he can potentially have another year or two, not necessarily starting every game, but, you know, similar to what this season's been where it's kind of rotation and, and sometimes as a substitute, sometimes as a star, he still has the class and the experience to do it. I mean, the, the guy, like you you were laying out earlier, the guy just has so much experience finding success in this league. It's almost ridiculous. It's a real shame, by the way, that his career can't have the benefit of like international football, national team football, yeah. because uh, that would probably raise him to another level that he he won't necessarily have in the record books. But um, yeah, he he's but just quite a player. On the other side of that, Dom, it maybe could be something where that's given him maybe a few more miles, a little bit more tread. That's, possible. that's true. Not playing international football too. That's true. That's true. He's been truly a, a club football player, which is not common for someone of his talent level. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I, I I would I would like for him to not be out of the out of the scene after this year. I have no idea whether it'll be with Minnesota or not. But and and if if everything goes well, we make the playoffs. I think he still will have a part to play on how that all all rolls out. For sure. Um. So I have two things. One, we're gonna give away our struggle bus of the week here in a minute. Uh. But second, I wanted to bring this up just because sometimes I'm somebody who just likes to watch the world burn. Um. On specifically on Twitter. You know the 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 gif where the girls on the swing set as something's like on fire behind her. Have you ever seen that? Before? Yeah. Yep. I felt that way when I looked at the MLS team of the week this past week, and who was in the manager section? None other than your Minnesota United manager, Adrian Heath, manager of the week for MLS. I saw that, and I felt just like that girl on the swing set. The fire was going <laughs> up behind her because. I, I I honestly didn't look into it that much. I just sort of closed my laptop and went on and did something yeah. else. But I can only imagine the uh, the the flames that was stoking on Minnesota yeah. United Twitter seeing that. Well, yeah, be careful too. Sometimes those those awards they they stab you in the back, as uh, Nuno Spirito Santo has learned, the Tottenham Hotspur coach, one coach enough. of the month in September, and now he's out of the job. But uh, poor guy. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's been a good couple games, I guess. So you know, and or or rather, particularly a good week. Um, so that that's going to happen sometimes. I don't. I agree though with your point, which is that I don't know if a lot of Minnesota United Twitter would have agreed with that. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of the tone of all that the MLS. And I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. I, I I watch a lot of that stuff, but that's kind of the tone of a lot of the MLS media stuff. Is kind of like they're very aware of the. Uh, of the conversations online they kind of like to yeah. play their part so for sure for sure all right struggle bus of the week time dom and i'm so glad we can talk about this like in jest and kind of making fun of it because it could have been really bad um mls refereeing 
gets our struggle bus of the week because holy cow, um, Amadou Dia for Sporting Kansas City almost breaks Emmanuel Reynoso's leg uh, coming in for just an unnecessary challenge. It's gets all leg, no ball, like one, like very, very obvious red card. Like they're supposed to, in these scenarios, wait for VAR to confirm it before handing the red. Cause you can, you can't really go back. You can give a yellow and then have it turn to a red then the other way around. But to me, this, this is straight red all day. Like I, I, I don't understand how you can look at that and not give a red card. It's, it's every, it's everything a red card should be. It's dangerous. It's unnecessary. It's, it's could have caused a big, big injury. It's Minnesota United's number 10. And luckily it didn't, but that's not necessarily why this is struggle bus of the week. Because on field, in the moment, even VAR can make mistakes. That's why you have this sort of extra safety net where you can actually go back, review, and issue suspensions or whatever after the fact. Major League Soccer has decided to give Amadou Dia a one-game suspension. That may sound familiar. (laughs) It's exactly, this is exactly what happened when Tim Melia decided to go full WWE and body slam a Seattle Sounders player a couple weeks ago. It was only given a yellow on the field when it should have been a straight red. And he was only given a one game suspension. It's exactly what happened to Amadou Dia for almost breaking a man Reynoso's leg. MLS refereeing struggle bust of the week. But Dom, my question is the fix in for sporting KC. You it know, it's, like. It is uh, very unfortunate that both those incidents happen to be the same team. I, yeah, it's uh, and that and that the punishment happened to be you know the same more or less. Um, yeah, I, I I obviously don't think that this was purposeful, but I, what I will say is, you know, and I know there are a lot of people that this was kind of conjecture, but I think there was probably there's a potential for truth for it. That, for example, the reason that uh, Reynoso decided to do a panenka and this game was perhaps in some part due to probably the way a lot of players felt after they saw how Melia got away with what he did. Yeah. I do think when these things start to stack up, teams do grow reputations. I was thinking of, I know so little about basketball, but I watched the uh, Last Dance series and they talked about how the Detroit uh, Pistons had a reputation for being very physical and that team, you know, they started to be very disliked because of it by other teams for obvious reasons. You know, I you do wonder if this if uh, Kansas City starts to create a little bit of reputation, maybe for the rest of the season at least. They're going to be in the playoffs, obviously, um, with opposition of like players knowing that members of that team have recently been putting other people in danger and not been punished for it accurately. You know, you do wonder if that affects the image of that team on the pitch at least. Uh, cause yeah, it's, it's certainly interesting that those two incidents happen quite close to each other and with the, with the same side, it's an obvious red card, just to reiterate what you said before I watched, you know, I mean you as well, but, uh, I watch a lot of football from all over the place, Europe, Latin America, et cetera. That is a red card everywhere. There is no place yeah. that isn't a red card. You hear sometimes people complain about, you know, you hear this sometimes from like 
guys maybe playing in the MPSL or whatever that like non-league background and in England used to really tough football and sometimes they complain that like the American development system sometimes is quite protective of players uh, at the youth level which may or not be true may or may not be true but uh, it's funny that there's that reputation and then you see these kinds of calls in MLS which is just like ridiculous even at that level players would be like what is the ref doing that's obviously a red card so uh yeah, definitely, definitely raising some questions about the ability of those officials um, and, and the ability of the support system of VAR to address the situation. But uh, Kansas are lucky. They're lucky. They're going to have a lot of players Very. they need for a lot of games that they shouldn't Very. have them for. So, because again, we'll if see how they do with that. game suspension that yeah. goes into the playoffs. Yeah, and you you have to wonder if that played into MLS's decision. Like maybe. I, I don't, I, again, I don't want to like create some like grand conspiracy here, but like that well, is it, interesting. I, it, I it's, it's, a, it's a decision. Like it's a decision. Yeah. For me, it's almost um, worse if it's uh, like, I, uh, I'll preface this with saying, I don't think it's a conspiracy, but I think it's actually worse if it's not, because then it's just like apathy like, yeah. like I mean, uh, ridiculous decision after ridiculous decision with none of the infrastructure there to check those decisions, doing anything about it. And by the way, obviously Kansas City lost this game. They won that game that Melia body slammed. Um, was it rolled on? Yep. They won that game. So that was a two- big win too. Yeah. That basically it didn't assure them the top seed, but it right. put them in the driver's seat for it. So you, some of these decisions are affecting the standings. Um, so, you know, you, if it's probably, it's probably a coincidence. And if it is a coincidence, I feel it's almost worse because then it's just like, nobody, there's people aren't paying attention. Like people aren't keeping their eyes on what's going on. Um, that that's pretty irresponsible. And and we could have had multiple players pretty heavily injured due to these various incidents and, uh, they're not really being protected. Season finale Sunday, 5 p.m. on FS1, national nationally televised. Uh, there on FS1, I, I I think I didn't see who the announcing team is going to be, but I really like John Strong and Stu Holden, so I hope I hope it's them. Um, as a decision day, will um, you know? Obviously, a lot will happen on decision day in terms of seating and who gets into the playoffs. And Minnesota United, obviously, right in that mix. We have a lot more to get to, guys. So we're going to move on <laughs> here um, and talk about. Um, a lot of other, I mean, there's so many other things happening in Minnesota soccer, so I, I don't want to necessarily, um, gloss over anything, but this is something cool. And, uh, you know, we've had representatives from both of these organizations, organizations, wow, words, organizations on our podcast before, uh, TC soul futsal announced they're partnering with the current FA to bring back the S O T C soul of the cities futsal league. For 2022 this is something they did last summer in 2021 it's basically a big uh community event um you know bringing a lot of different organizations in a lot of people in uh teams in to play futsal it's for a good cause as well um it's a really cool fun i guess summer activity and uh, we've talked to uh mario wimberly from tc soul futsal about about futsal and about their organization um a lot of fun stuff happens uh, over there. And we also talked to Kyle Johnson about the current FA, about the great work they're doing. So it's cool to see those two organizations coming together to put, put on such a cool event. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I've been a big fan of, of all they've been doing. And, uh, 
I talked to Kyle a lot. It feels like a lifetime ago now for an article way back when Karen FA was relatively new and it's just such a cool pro project to have followed since then. And uh, so great that the both of them are, or both of those organizations are, are keeping up their commitment to help the community and make sure more people have access to, to futsal and, and, and soccer. Both those episodes way back in the 10K archives, uh, I believe we're, we're looking at like maybe episode on the 20s, maybe. So go check, go check those out if you have not yet, because there's a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff happening um, or a lot of a lot of good information to have gained from those interviews. That's a little that's evergreen. You know, we did talk about some more timely stuff that was happening during that time. But um, a lot of that content is pretty evergreen, too, in terms of just learning the history about both those organizations. So I highly uh, recommend going to check those interviews out. Um, moving on, Minnesotan Annie Williams from Cottage Grove signs for the Lazio women's side in Serie A. This is really, really cool. Um, Annie went to college at South Dakota State and then went and played overseas in Ireland. She had a hell of a year this past year. Um, and so she is getting the call up to play European women's soccer. And that is, that's awesome to see a, a local Minnesotan getting that opportunity. Really cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, obviously that's a pretty prominent uh, club, particularly on the men's side. The women's side are having a, a tough, tough year, but uh, obviously great for her to have this opportunity to, to play at that level and represent Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, in addition to playing professionally in Ireland, she actually helped uh, equal time soccer. Uh, our friends, uh, Matt and Mark Pravatsky over there. She helped them with some St. Thomas coverage this past fall too. some good interviews from her, some good written content on the site. So um, she's a Swiss army knife can do a lot of different things. Uh, but, uh, I think her, her time will probably be fully committed now to, uh, Lazio and Syria, uh, there in Europe. And, uh, as, as it should be really, really good opportunity for her. So we'll be following that very, very closely, uh, moving forward as, uh, she makes that move here, I believe right away. I think she's already over there. So, um, yeah, really cool to see. And we'll pay, we'll be paying close attention. Um, something we'll also be paying close attention to is what's happening with our friends over at Stimulus Athletic. A lot of things happening with Stimulus Athletic right now. Um, you've heard us talk about them. Quality game gear and apparel at affordable prices. The title sponsor of 10,000 Pitches. If you're a, a team, a club, um, someone looking for uh, jerseys on and off the field apparel, um, you, know, you can get kind of a consistent look, a consistent theme, a consistent vibe if you will, um, and you won't break the bank to do it. Quality game gear and apparel at affordable prices. That is what Stimulus Athletic is all about. So go check them out, stimulusathletic.com. Now that's for the teams and the clubs and for the coaches and for the ADs and for all those people. If you are just kind of an everyday person who's interested in soccer, is interested in wearing comfortable gear, um, Stimulus Athletic has an athleisure line coming out. And we have some examples uh, here. And I have to tell you, it's... It's awesome. And that's that's an objective opinion. I'm not saying that just because Stimulus Athletic is our title sponsor here. Um, it's comfortable as hell. And it's something you can wear to the gym. It's something you can wear to the bar, Ethan. Uh, it's something uh, you can wear just lounging around. Uh, a lot of different uses for Stimulus Athletic's athleisure apparel. So uh, be on the lookout for that. They're going to start selling that on their website, stimulusathletic.com, very soon. They'll also have it available at their new retail store, which is opening up in December right next to our friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee in Northeast Minneapolis. So 
a lot of good stuff happening with stimulus that that retail store will also house Minneapolis City's new club shop too. So, I mean, I'm almost out of breath just talking about all the new stuff <laughs> happening over at Stimulus. But, um, you know, Jason's been really good at giving us some samples of this athleisure apparel and, you know, keeping us tuned in with everything going on. And um, really excited for this retail store to open up and for kind of just a new side of Stimulus's business to open up that really appeals to more than just the teams and the clubs, but to everyday people as well. Yeah, and it's really exciting to see. It's already cool to have um, a, a company doing what they were doing before, be in Minnesota and be part of the soccer scene here. But it's even more exciting to see them, you know, really trying to branch out and create something more long-term, uh, something more multifaceted that that people potentially who don't even uh, don't have interest even in soccer could could be part of and and uh, could create an identity around. So really excited to see how that story turns out. Absolutely. You're supporting local business and you're supporting, you're supporting quality local business too with Stimulus Athletic. If you decide to outfit your club with some Stimulus Athletic apparel or a little bit down the line, if you decide to purchase some of that athleisure wear. So again, StimulusAthletic.com. Click that Get Started button and let them know Jeremy and Dom from 10K sent you over there. Uh, this is really cool, Dom. Moving back into the soccer conversation here. Elizabeth Lau, Robbie Stadium, named among the top five uh, women's college stadiums and who can blame them. I mean, it's, it's not difficult to see why you had almost 2000 fans there for the Penn state match. The facilities are immaculate. You're talking about the pitch. Matt Pravatsky said it last week. It's the best pitch in Minnesota. Um, you know, it's, it's not just bleachers too. I mean, you're talking about quality, quality facilities for, uh, for women's soccer, um, and a very, very well-deserved honor accolade for the Gopher Women's Soccer Program. For sure. And we, we, we've talked all, all the time that we've been uh, covering the season. We've talked about how it's great to see, in addition to some pretty good moments on, on the pitch, it's been great to see them really developing sort of a culture around the entire program, which was, was there before. It wasn't a, it's not that there wasn't culture there before, but really trying to, to further that and, and de- dig deeper into that uh, in terms of the, the – fans and and the the culture and and the the atmosphere so uh great to see that the ncaa you know noticed that and and to have that extra recognition perhaps even draws a little more attention for next season to have Mm -hmm. that popping around the internet like this so yeah really great to see them commended for that and and hopefully we see more of it next year and anybody who's recruited at any level of college for any sports can tell you facilities play a major part. I mean, that that is something that really stands out to the uh, the kids that you're looking to bring into your program. So this sort of accolade and this sort of honor is just another sort of, uh, um, I guess, uh, I don't know. I don't know what kind of. Uh, uh, um, it's a draw. It's a draw for people. It is a draw. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a huge well, draw. And when we talked to. When we talked to uh, Sydney uh, Warden, uh, what was that, an episode or two ago, uh, you know, he he even talked about that kind of comparing England to here, but just about how he was very impressed with, you know, certain places that had really good facilities and that that helped him get kind of signed up for, for everything. So, yeah, I mean, it's a factor for these players. You want to obviously play in a, in a place that keeps you comfortable and keeps you well-resourced. So, uh, yeah, this is only going to help. 
Yeah, absolutely. This is um, this is a huge honor um, and, and something that I think that the Gopher Women's Soccer Program will be, will be using in those recruiting pitches. A um, little uh, bit of a quote here from the article from the NCAA says, quote, this dedicated space for soccer has natural grass field and according to Gopher Soccer undergoes updates annually. Routinely at the top of the Big Ten in average attendance, Minnesota recently set a record of 1,864 fans in attendance during the 2021 season versus Wisconsin. Um, so again, just kind of putting some context into some of the things they were, we were talking about in terms of the quality of the facilities, the drawn fans that they get, the atmosphere, the pitch as well, um, all factors into why, uh, ELR is named one of the top five women's college stadiums in the country, which is really, really cool. Um, moving over to the men's D one side, Dom, what a finish to the season for St. Thomas, um, after going Oh, 11 and two to start their first uh, first D1 campaign here in 2021, they rattle off three straight wins to end the campaign. Uh, wrap things up with a two to one home win over UMKC. And this just sends them into the offseason on, on the highest of notes. I can't imagine what John Lowry and this team are feeling right now, knowing that through all the struggles, through all the anticipated, um, you know, uh, adversity that they face this season they were able to finish things off on a three-game win streak. That's very, very impressive. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty uh, – not miraculous because we've seen the progress and it's been well-earned, but it's a, it's, a, it's a very impressive turnaround from, you know, obviously how things started. Had a pretty rough opening, uh, gosh, 10, 10 or so games. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like you said, a great note to end a tough year on and a, and a great way to sort of reinforce the message that they've had all season, which is that this is going to be difficult, but it's all for a reason and we're headed towards something. Um, and I'm sure that that locker room had that in their heads regardless, mm-hmm. uh, but it's obviously a lot easier to keep that in your head in the off season and so on when you leave with, with several good results uh, under your belt. So Great, great for them. Uh, nice little kind of piece of D1 history for this for the state as a whole, obviously, and uh, keeps keeps a lot more excitement in that program for for 2022. I think. Yep. And as the calendar turns to November, we start to get into sort of postseason soccer, playoff soccer, if you will, at every level. Um, and in the UMAC and MIAC, that is uh, that that's that's no different for them either. Um, some uh, some finals. Um, in the UMAC and MIAC, some championship matches coming up, Dom. Yeah, so uh, in the MIAC, uh, for the men's final, we have Carlton playing St. Olaf. And for uh, the women's final in MIAC, we have St. Benedict's hosting St. Catherine. So those are two uh, great great matchups to watch for. Uh, St. Olaf, I, particularly, I, I know, uh, had a really strong season on their men's side. So looking forward to see how that, uh, how that goes. Uh, UMAC uh, also has its two finals uh, on November 6th. So that's uh, the day after this will come out. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, UWS is hosting both. Uh, men's side play Bethany Lutheran, which is a rematch of the uh, spring championship. And uh, uh, women's the UWS women's side hosts Northwestern. Uh, they play first at 2 p.m. The men play at 4.30. So. Those are both exciting. Uh, just a note on the on the UWS Bethany Lutheran game only because I have slightly more thoughts on it, having uh, attended the spring matchup uh, as a reporter. 
uh, you know, that, that game was very one-sided, UWS won 5-0, but Bethany Lutheran were quite good that year, just had a really difficult final game. And they've looked quite good this year. They won their mm-hmm. semifinal, I think, 6-0 against Northland. Uh, yeah. Really dominant win. So, you know, I think UWS will still be favorites for this. But uh, I, I'm very curious to see what Bethany Lutheran bring to the table. If we see at least a close game, they just seem a little more plugged in this season uh, mm-hmm. than, than the spring. So uh, even though the previous iteration was, was pretty one-sided, I, I'd keep an eye on this game. Yeah, I mean, they really gave UWS a run for their money in the regular season in terms of kind of the race for the top of the table. Well, and they, and they, they actually jointly won the regular season. Yes, That's yes, a, correct. To be noted, so... So it should be an interesting matchup. Uh, yeah, a lot of great stuff happening in the college ranks, including in the NSIC, too. Uh, the regular season wraps up this weekend. The top eight teams will make the conference tournament. And the last two spots, there are three teams sort of vying for those. Um, you have Northern State, Wayne State, and SCSU all competing for those last two spots in the conference tournaments. Um, and uh, that that's all going to be decided on Friday. Um, as you're listening to this, the whole conference plays their final regular season games, and then we'll know who's making that NSIC conference tournament um, next uh, next weekend. Uh, Bemidji State, you know, kind of uh, there at the top of the table, um, they will they will take home the NSIC regular season crown. Um, but the playoffs and the postseason that's a whole different animal, um, especially with a conference tournament. Uh, you know, you're going to have a lot of teams who are kind of, uh, you know, those six, seven, eight seeds, even as we get further down um, or is, as we get further up kind of the middle of the pack too. just a lot of hungry teams who, you know, may have to win the NSIC tournament to get in to the NCAA Division II tournament as well. So um, a lot to play for as we get down here uh, in the end of the regular season for some conferences and obviously into the postseason for others. Yeah, you know, it's going to be it's an exciting time. College, the postseason in college is always the most exciting for me. Obviously, you have um, the best teams playing each other, so the quality is going to be a little heightened, and, and it's great that everyone's playing for higher stakes this time around, obviously, compared to last spring um, with, uh, with uh, not just playing for, you know, their, their conference titles. They actually have a real postseason to play for, so... Uh, yeah, a lot of lot of lot of sides in in Minnesota to be keeping an eye on for sure. Definitely, uh, Saint Cloud State on the men's side just finished their first D two season, two to one loss to Upper Iowa. Um, they do finish at the bottom of the GLIAC table, three and eleven conference record. Uh, but that first season under their belt in D two, we you know we've seen some good things. We talked about some individual players for them who have been doing well. Um, so. Again, kind of similar to St. Thomas, where you're, you're sort of you're making a jump up to a new realm. You know it's not going to be easy. You know you know you're going to face some adversity, but there are always little things that you can take and build off of as you move forward and and get those recruits in that sort of match the the competition and match the level that you're at because that does take some time. Yeah, and look, you know the their overall their conference record ends up being somewhat similar actually to St. Thomas's. Uh, mm-hmm. So there, there's some, some more room for comparison there, but yeah, look, uh, it's a program that clearly has a lot of good things going for it, but it is the first year at this level. Uh, that's always going to bring issues, but I, I think it's still exciting that this level of soccer is being brought to St. Cloud. Yeah. That, that community has that outlet. 
uh, where perhaps previously they didn't. They have some, you know, amateur clubs and and so on. And obviously they had D three uh, college ball there before. But uh, great to great to have a heightened level. And yeah, a lot of players, including some with MPSL connections, uh, that uh, that are had good years despite the overall record. That uh, hopefully come back next year a little stronger with maybe a, a more built out program. State semifinals wrapping up at U.S. Bank Stadium as we speak here um, with the uh, state championship matches to take place on Saturday. So, Dom, who's punched their ticket and who's uh, who's still playing? Yeah, so we got some some fun matchups and a lot of the third place games have actually already been played. So pretty much what's okay. left for most of it is is the finals. Um, so I'll, I'll just I'll just get through those quick. Uh, so I'll do I'll do boys first. So for class A. The final for that will be Southwest Christian versus St. Paul uh, Humboldt slash Open World Learning. Uh, and the third place game was was Pine Island, Zambroda, and Mazapet. Mazapa? I've never seen that word before. Uh, uh, playing Rochester and uh, uh, Pine Island, uh, Zambroda, Mazapa won that game. So they won third place. Uh, class AA, Orono are playing Academy of Holy Angels for that. Uh, and uh, Monomedi won the third place game. And then for uh, AAA, this is still boys, uh, Moundsview play Rosemont, and uh, Duluth East won third place. Shout out to them. Shout out to the Greyhounds, all the Ted Lasso fans. Um, for girls, Class A, uh, Breck School play Minnehaha uh, Academy for that final, and uh, the third place match has not happened for this yet, and that's Holy Family Catholic versus Cotter. Uh, for double A, oh my gosh, it's not moving around. Uh, that's been all St. Margaret's versus Matamidi. And then the uh, third place game is uh, Cloquet Carlton versus Academy of Holy Angels. And then for triple A, that is Stillwater versus Centennial for the final. And Edina versus Rosemont for the uh, third place game. So best of luck to all the folks taking place or taking part in those again those are on the sixth uh kind of throughout the day obviously they have to fit all those games into one day so oh yeah, but the, some of the girls third place games are on the fifth i should note that so they're they're not on the sixth. but uh yeah so best of luck to everyone i mean if you're in or around the cities and you're on you're on saturday and you're looking for something to do yeah. i mean head on out to us bank stadium take in some state championship soccer the atmosphere is going to be incredible you're going to see you know, just, uh, you know, some people, you know, living their dreams, winning a state championship. Uh, you're going to see the other side with the heartbreak for the teams who come up just a little bit short. Um, it's just always such a good, good uh, atmosphere there. And I believe, is it still uh, Channel 45 here in the cities that uh, broadcasts the state championship games? I believe it is. I don't know that for 100% fact. I know they have in the past. Um, so check your local listings for that. Uh, but I do believe it's Channel 45 here in the Twin Cities that actually is broadcasting those state championship games on Saturday. So be on the lookout for those. All right, that'll do it. Uh, you know, usually we do top four at the end, but we did top four at the beginning with <laughs> Ethan this time around. So that is it for this week's episode of 10,000 Pitches. Uh, Dom, appreciate it as always, man. Uh, join in for another episode. We got had a lot to cover. It was nice to get Ethan back and, uh, you know, just sort of getting into. You know, after this week, we'll sort of be we'll have some postseason stuff to cover in terms of uh, national division two, II, division three tournaments, some local teams involved in those. But for the most part, we'll sort of be in the uh, offseason mode in some cases. 
uh, as we as we hit you know the middle of the late portion of November. Yeah, and we'll 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 I'm sure we'll find things to talk about. I'm sure there'll be things to and, and interviews to be done. But yeah, we're kind of wrapping up uh, a lot of the loose ends in terms of, of professional soccer and collegiate soccer. So be exciting to get get through all that, and uh, we'll see where we're at on the other side. All right, for Dominic Jose Bazonio, you can follow him on Twitter at DJ Bazonio. I'm Jeremy Rushing. Follow me at Jeremy G Rushing, and you can follow us at 10k pitches thank you so much for tuning in to another episode guys we appreciate it and we will catch you next week for 10,000 pitches next friday but also post loons in your feed immediately sunday following minnesota united season finale against la galaxy we'll be there for you for better or worse till then see you